Thanks for lending me your ear. We start with creator news and a tech YouTuber from Egypt, Tech Quotes, who has 389,000 subs, has reported that various brands have pressured him to alter his content with NVIDIA and Zotac asking him to censor some of his content, Gigabyte asking him to place benchmarks favorable to them, and ASUS mad that the Gigabyte review of a product came out before the review of the ASUS product. AMD also apparently refuses to send this guy review samples. It's not clear if this was upper management at any of those companies or the regional divisions acting on their own initiative to try to squeeze tech quotes. Which brings me to the lead title, has ASOS ever asked us to censor our reviews or asked us to change anything or basically censored or told us to edit something? And that would be a big no. <laughs> and that's on full display in our recent ASOS review of our in the most recent review of the ASUS 1630 where you know it's the 1630 there's not much you can say about it to be honest there are some limited use cases where that would be an okay an acceptable card and in fact we do like using it as a test bench in the shop but for the great majority of users it's really overpriced and underpowered and we said so in the review and to be fair to ASOS, they've sent us a lot of things in the past. Never once have they asked us to alter anything, change anything, remove anything. And really, how could they? Because they don't see the video before we release it. They don't have any editorial control over what we do. So they see the video when everybody else sees the video. And that's basically true for all of the brands that we've dealt with. From Deepcool to Noctua, Be Quiet and Team Group. Really, everybody has been so professional. And particularly with ASUS, I've noticed, it's just taken for granted that, yes, of course, this is an unbiased review and you're free to say what you want. Um, they even encourage you to be clear with your audience on how you got the product and if any compensation was paid for this particular video. So really super thankful that everybody has been so professional. <laughs> um, you do hear this kind of thing happening I guess maybe with other larger YouTubers. We haven't hit that point yet, although I hope we never reach that point because we're really also quite upfront with everybody that if you send us something, we're going to do our best to review it and not automatically to bash it. But at the end of the day, we're going to say our piece and you know, really put our opinion out there. And the brands have been really cool with that. In fact, we often use a product not in a straight-up review because, to be honest, for a lot of the products, a straight-up review is boring. Like, you get a motherboard, you get RAM. It's not super exciting. It's not like a 4090 dropped in your lap or a 48-inch OLED monitor. I mean, you know, you get a PSU, you get RAM, you get motherboard. And they might be good products. They might be quality products. But a review isn't the best way, I think, to explore these products. So uh, for a lot of the items we get, we cover them in the way that we're used to with the channel in that we make it beginner-friendly. So let's say we got a motherboard from... I'm trying to remember the brand. <laughs> and I've obviously gone off script. It, it was a recent motherboard, a Z690 from Biostar. So we got it from the brand and we told the brand, hey, you know, we're not going to review this straight up. What we're going to do is we're going to have a video 
kind of explaining to PC beginners like this is physically what a motherboard looks like and this is where you would slot it in and this part does this thing and this is why VRMs are important. So basically, a beginner-friendly look at motherboards and then featuring the particular Biostar motherboard. We've done the same thing with RAM. We're going to be doing the same thing again also with DDR5 RAM which is coming in from Team Group. And yeah, the brands have been super supportive about that. It's not... They also welcome different approaches to showcase their products. And I do like that kind of approach because yun nga, a lot of the products, sometimes a review, a straight-up review would be kind of boring. Not a lot of people would watch it. So to make it more organic and more useful to people, we still have our beginner-friendly content. We still get to feature the item. But it's in a way that is more useful and relevant to a lot of people. What we would love to get a review sample of, but no one has been crazy enough to send us, is the upcoming 4080. But you can now pre-order that from us. The card is due to release November 15 or 16, but we are already accepting pre-orders. Our supplier has confirmed that they do have stock. This is Galax. Haven't heard yet from any of the other brands. And the price is 106,140. That's 106,140 pesos. I did have one inquiry comment that that was already close in price to the 4090. It is kind of true. There's around like maybe a 15k difference between the 4080 and the 4090, which is still a big difference to be honest. But I mean, you know, that's although it doesn't seem that big because the price is so large already. I mean, 106 versus, let's say, 120, for example. Malayo din yun, pero since ang mahal na, parang inisip mo, sige na nga, parang, you know, tatalon tayo sa 4090 for 15,000 pesos more. Of course, that, that depends on your budget, your comfort level, but it is a comment that I've heard before from some inquiries. Speaking of GPUs, I'm recording this on the night of November 3, and in a few hours, AMD will be holding a press con to unveil their 7,000 series of GPUs. Hopes are high that these RDNA 3 cards can go toe-to-toe -to -to with NVIDIA's Lovelace, especially given that the pricing of the 4,000 series makes you wonder if NVIDIA still thinks we're living at the height of the pandemic with lockdowns and chip shortages. But the press con is at 4 a.m. Manila time, so apologies to Lisa Sue, but I'm not waking up that early for her. Be sure to tune in though next week as I'm sure we'll touch a bit on AMD 7000 series. AMD's bid to make sure Team Green doesn't see all green. Uh, you know, green as in money, dollars raining down on them and stuff. You get, you get what I mean. The other next-gen battles have been pretty interesting so far, with Intel's 13th gen going up against AMD's Ryzen 7000. A few weeks have gone by, and the conclusion of reviewers seems to be that both are relatively tied, although Intel is the value choice now, considering the higher price AMD is asking for its new CPUs, plus the fact that you need to get a new MOBO and DDR5 RAM if you go with AMD. And so this turn of events is kind of surprising. For years, you know, AMD was the underdog and you could count on them as the more value option, the more value, the more bang for your buck. But at least 
Well, it, it's sort of been their prices have been trending upwards ever since I would think around the three thousand series. It's very clear with the seven thousand series that the pricing is not as aggressive. The CPUs are priced quite high relative to Intel, and usually it's Intel that you know it might be accused of overcharging or not being value for money. But now the tables have turned. Intel is the one playing catch up. And they have caught up pretty well, both in terms of performance and in pricing advantage. Both gens have interesting points. I love how AMD CPUs tweak themselves on the fly to run at the cutting edge. 95% of heat, 95 degrees rather of heat to get the most performance possible in whatever system they're in. Intel CPUs are actually pretty efficient for once, except for the 13900, which they designed to grab as much power as possible to try to be the fastest possible. Per Gamer Jesus, Steve of YouTube channel Gamers Nexus, if you already have a decent 12th gen CPU, no need to upgrade really to the 13th gen. Early next year, we are expecting new models from both Intel and AMD. We actually had an engineering sample of an Intel CPU in the shop sent to us by a brand as we needed it to review a motherboard. That particular 13th gen CPU is not out yet and it's still rumored to be coming out January next year. So it was a to be it's kind of exciting when you get those kind of products that aren't out on the market yet but ito talaga malayo pa from the being pushed out to the market so i got really paranoid with the chip and even in the review i blot out i censor on the video we do have a couple of shots of the cpu but i i blot it out anyway because i don't want to run afoul of anybody's embargo or whatever and going back to the issue of censorship i wouldn't even call that a censorship i mean it is their product and they have a right to control before its release before it's seen by the public uh, on how to release that information and what is known about that product. So I, I completely respect that. It's different when you're positioning something as a review that should be open to the public when the device itself or the item itself is already available to the public. So I don't see any issue there when products or... When companies ask us, okay, this is on embargo, you can only release it on X date. Actually, they weren't even super strict about the CPU. Ako lang yung medyo paranoid na, okay, let's not just show it anymore on camera para, you know, iwas gulo. The AMD 7000 series in particular can run hot. So you might want to try a home-baked remedy from YouTuber Mr. Yeaster, who ground up salt and mixed it into his thermal paste. And it supposedly improved cooling by a noticeable degree. Um, it was around 2 to 3 degrees cooler with the salt mixed in. I've seen Mr. Yeaster's comments before. The YouTube algo has recommended him to me. He's very big on shorts. So it's, it's very TikTok friendly. I understand he's also big on TikTok. But a lot of his content is short. So less than a minute. And they're really kind of these... <laughs> Um, they're really this kind of fun experimentation. Like, I think there was one short or one video where what would happen if I removed my GPU while the PC was running? 
or I buried this CPU in the ground for a month. And then I dug it up to see if I could still use it. I mean, yung mga tipong ganun na... It's just really having fun with the hardware. It's kind of bonkers kind of thing na... Yeah, nga, what would happen if you do something like this? So it's not performance-related at all. Uh, it's not review-based that, oh, okay, we got this latest, greatest system. Let's break it down. Let's overclock it and things like that. Most of his content is really just those kind of fun what-if scenarios and he plays them out. And although he does know his stuff, so if he says that, and I'm sure th- he does it on video, grounding up salt and adding it to the thermal paste improves performance, then I would believe him. It's just that, <laughs> again, it seems a little nuts, but um, that's, what's, that's what's nice about the creativity of, the, of some of our content creators. I mean, I would never have thought to mix in salt or basically I wouldn't have thought to mess with the formulation at all of the thermal paste. But apparently, it can improve performance. In local news, Intel is having an event in Makati this Saturday, November 5. They're calling it Intel Allies, and it's supposed to be to formally kick off, I think, the 13th gen in the country, although we have been selling them, and everybody else has been selling them for quite a while already. And they're supposed to be showing off the new Arc GPUs. I hope they show off more on the high end. The email we got, we are invited and we are confirmed to attend only mentioned the ARC 350, which w- I, w- I did some research. Supposedly, it was only going to be released in China, uh, which makes me wonder, are we that low level of a market for Intel that they're not even giving us the good stuff? <laughs> like, we only get the budget and CPU GPUs. But, yeah, so I don't want to jump the gun. We are going to the event on November 5. I'm sure you'll see some posts about it. Uh, I wouldn't call myself an ally of Intel per se. I have used Intel PCs in the past. In fact, my former rig, the one immediately before this one, was an Intel i5-4690K, which served me faithfully and well for a long time. Um, So I I appreciate Intel when they do well or when they do good. But an ally is putting it pretty strongly. Maybe it should have been friends of Intel or something. But we'll see what we'll see on Saturday. Over in general tech news, and actually this one I find super exciting, although I don't know if a lot of people will share my enthusiasm. The European Union's Digital Markets Act came into effect on November 1. This is a big deal as it requires tech giants to make their platforms more open and compatible in the hope of increasing competition. Imagine you could take all of your data from Facebook, save it, and then transfer it to a rival social network. Or you could sell iOS apps, but you wouldn't be required to go through Apple's App Store. Or you're using Viber, but can also receive messages from WhatsApp or FB or Snapchat, I don't know, Telegram, any other messaging app out there. But all of those messages still appear in Viber. Imagine no more walled gardens and applications would be interoperable again. And that, that, that gets me going. That's exciting. It's scary for the big companies that monopolize your data and your access to that data. While it is only applicable in the EU, 
it is a large swath of territory to be affected and most likely there will be a domino effect it it's very impractical to create a version of an app a version of a site a version of a software specifically just for the eu most likely any changes that they do in compliance with this new eu law would be embedded into the software that we would use even if we're here in the ASPAC region even if you're in the North American region wherever basically the EU is just so big the, and the market's well established there that and also yun nga it, it sobrang hirap gagawa ka nung Facebook version para lang sa Europe and so you would have that interoperability there but not elsewhere and what if a European citizen goes to the states although laws are territorial so then that wouldn't apply to him i mean so just by the nature of the global internet and global citizenship and the speed of software the this the changes required of this law will affect everyone everywhere and Another interesting thing, especially for the lawyers or the policy wonks out there, is that basically the legal tool used to curtail big tech or any big company is antitrust. So that's anti-monopoly legislation. When you get too big, the government files an antitrust suit and depending on the outcome of the suit, your company could be broken up. That's what happened with Bell in the States. So in the States, there was only one big telecommunications company. This was in the age of uh, landlines. So parang PLDT dati sa atin. It, there was Bell in the States and then, you know, antitrust. And then it was broken up into different uh, regional telephone companies. That's also how what happened with big oil. I think there, were a lot, there was a lot of antitrust legislation regarding the oil companies in the States uh, in the early part of the last century but the problem with all of that is that you have to prove it you have to prove that they are monopoly that they are abusing their market position they're stifling new players stifling creativity and so the onus is on the government the burden of proof is on the government to prove their case that a this is a monopoly and yes that it is detrimental to the market to the consumer with the eu law that is reversed the burden is on the tech companies to prove that they're in compliance with the standards set forth by the law. So instead of the government having to proactively gather a case, make their case, gather evidence, which takes years, takes expertise, takes a ton of money, everything is reversed now. Where with this new EU law, it's the tech companies that have to prove that, yes, I'm in compliance with the requirements, the interoperability, and other standards set forth in the digital DMA, Digital Markets Act. And since the burden of proof is on the companies, that makes it a lot easier for enforcement. They don't need to go through, or to be honest, and I guess this is my lawyer part kicking in, I, I'm not familiar with like the legal framework in place. Where do the companies appeal to? Do they go through the regular European courts? I mean, I have no idea about the procedural matters. So, I'll stop there. But the law is very exciting for everybody, for everybody worldwide. 
moving on to something lighter. <laughs> and gaming and Dota's TI 2022's championship was held last week in Singapore with Tundra Esports emerging as champions. Their opponent was Secret, who they dominated <laughs> 3-0 in the grand finals. Interestingly, I know a lot of people went over to Singapore just to watch the finals. Um, so it's, I guess, for a certain generation and, you know, for Pinoy's, there is a lot of love for esports, for Dota, for League of Legends. Um, so much so that, you know, if you could, af- you're, you're that big a fan na pupunta ka sa Singapore. Kung malapit, pupunta ka just to witness the finals. Uh, I played Dota and Dota 2 back when I was still in school, college and law school respectively. So a lot of free cuts do- devoted to Dota and Dota 2. But to be honest, I was never that good a player. Uh, I, I, it's too much micromanagement. My brain can't think that fast. My fingers can't move that fast. And there's a lot of thinking involved. But now when I watch or wa- I, I take a look at snippets of the different games, the different competitive matches played online, wala na ako maintindihan. It's like, what is going on uh, on the screen? There's this hero and there's, this so, there's so many things going on on screen, on any portion of the screen. And I wonder, have I just gotten old? Is it just me? Although, spoiler alert, it has been on my mind, this whole esports thing. So I'm gonna be doing a video on why I think Esports will never be as big as traditional sports. And it's not really, it's, a, it's more of a think video or like it's more of presenting my ideas to just give a, a different point of view rather than me like adamantly saying that no, my position is correct. And if you don't believe what I'm saying, then you're a dummy. Uh, that's not that that's not the thrust of the video. It's more like just a think piece. Yung yeah, parang sitting down and organizing my thoughts. And yeah, I mean, if you agree, disagree, all well and good. It's just um, it's been on my mind, and I think coming out with a video that, that would force me to organize my thoughts um, would be beneficial for me. <laughs> and I do this a, a lot actually <laughs> with the channel. I mean. For YouTube, everybody says cater to your audience, find out what's popular. But a lot of the videos I do are really just for me. <laughs> like, we, I, we had one video, I think maybe a while back, na ano ba yung optimal, or my, for PSUs, my default is always 750 watts at least. But even for a high-end rig, do you really need 750 watts? And this was before the 4000 series. But, you know, in my testing, a 650 watt PSU was just fine for even my high-end rig. So, yeah, a lot of the videos, I do them just more for myself, more to organize my thoughts, and just because I'm really curious, like, what would the results be? Um, so, not the best way, maybe, to do YouTube. Actually, to be honest, I also do a lot of videos just because we get a lot of inquiries about a particular topic. So, I make a video just so that when somebody asks me about that a question on that particular topic. I can just say, watch this video. This is everything I think about that or this is the answer to that. Uh, an example would be, we get so many inquiries. Can Cooler X fit in my case? Y case, for example. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't memorize. <laughs> memorize lahat ng height ng CPU coolers yung lahat ng clearance ng lahat ng cases. 
So I do what you would do. You would look up both of those pieces of information and then compare them. So I made a video uh, just explaining that, like how you do that. And then now, mostly when people ask me, like, compatible ba to? I'm like, find out on your own. I mean, like, in a, in a nice way. Because I, I do really believe in learn by doing um, and not spoon-feeding. Although if it is a customer <laughs> or a potential customer inquiry, basically, like, if we have it on stock and they ask us, like, is it compatible? Okay, that's when I'll look it up. Um, also because it's not, I mean, I should be also expected to know my product. So if it's on stock, then yes, I would imagine that's fair game. I should be able to answer that. But, you know, if it's a case not in stock, a cooler not in stock, and it's just like a, a, a tech inquiry rather than a shop customer-related inquiry, um, I'll refer them to that video and say that, um, here, here's the information and you can look it up on your own. And I don't know if that's ticked off anybody, but learn by doing. Learn by doing is the best. And we'll end with the news that stunned every PCMR geek this week. And it's not even hardware or software related. And Henry Cavill, this is the news, is leaving The Witcher after season three. He'll be replaced by Liam Hemsworth. And Cavill is beloved by PC geeks because he apparently is a super geek. Like, everybody has seen him building his own computer, is into miniatures. He loved the Witcher series. I mean, the, the, PC, the PC game. Uh, I believe he's also read the novels. So, Cavill beloved by PC geeks. Witcher beloved by PC geeks. Cavill loved the Witcher. So, you know, there was just a whole lot of love going on with the casting of Henry Cavill as um, Geralt of Rivia for the Witcher Netflix series, which I do follow. I've, uh, I'm up to date with all of the seasons and I've enjoyed all of them. And I do think he's excellent as Geralt of Rivia. Not to take any way, anything away from the voice actor in The Witcher, he also does great work. Uh, on screen though, Henry Cavill, he is. <laughs> Geralt of Rivia. So this is really like casting made in heaven. I, I saw a rumor like way back that he was also supposed to be cast as a shepherd in a Mass Effect series. But I never heard anything about that after, after that one rumor. But yeah, sad to see Cavill go. I hope the series... I hope Liam Hemsworth um, you know, is able to pick up the baton very difficult to a step into the shoes of another character who started the role and be a character so an an actor so well suited na really fan liked i mean you know there was a lot of um yeah a, a lot of the fans really appreciated henry cavill as Geralt of rivia but yeah i hope i hope the quality continues i mean i'm not i'm not a super fan but i really loved witcher 3 like played all of the expansions, played all of it basically. Um, I'm, I'm not even that into fantasy like as a genre. But yeah, Witcher 3 was excellent, excellent all around. The series has been very entertaining. And yeah, I'm not the kind of fan that gets like super upset like, oh my god, they ruined the series and stuff. Um, but I hope the quality continues even without Henry Cavill. And I just want to end like on that note that being that kind of fan. Ever since the announcement, my YouTube 
page or you know the YouTube algorithm has been recommending videos to me, basically hyping up the culture wars. Like supposedly Henry Cavill left because the writers were steering away from the source material, the novels, the Witcher novels, and they were being too woke, whatever the hell that means. Um, and yeah, it's like everything na lang. It's like either woke or not woke, asleep, not asleep. I don't even, I don't even know anymore. Like canceled, not canceled. Um, for me, does everything need to be a culture war? I mean, Cavill himself doesn't specify why he's leaving the series. Although most likely because apparently um, he's being asked to come back as Superman in DC, and DC just named their showrunners for the DC universe. So one of them is James Gunn, who is the director behind the Guardians of the Galaxy movies on for Marvel. So distinctive voice, very unique, very stylized, fun. I think a lot of people would agree that the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are fun without being dumbed down. I mean, there's a lot of character development happening, happening there. But yeah, it's they're fun. I mean, no, they're... They don't take themselves too seriously. So I'm, I'm kind of curious now how Zack how Zach Snyder, yes, I believe that's the name of the director, um, will fit in because his movies are usually darker, grittier, more morose <laughs> than a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Not to say that James Gunn will insist on the same tone in all of the movies. I guess it would depend on the arc that they're going for. But yeah, Henry Cavill is coming back, I think, as Superman for DC. So, I mean, it could just be that he doesn't have the time anymore, that he's committed to DC for a full-time schedule. Although I saw other fans disagreeing and saying that's BS. And, you know, based on this film schedule, then he should still have a lot of time for The Witcher. He must be leaving again because... He doesn't like the material anymore and the writers have screwed it up, blah, blah, blah. I mean, again, I, that's, for me, that's idle speculation. And it's kind of like you're just cherry-picking data to support your own worldview. I mean, yeah, uh, there are a lot of YouTubers you know, that, that thrive off negative videos. Like, oh my God, they trashed my childhood. And oh my God, and being, you know, people are insisting on their own values. I mean, that's kind of like what mook means, right? Na parang holier than thou, like, don't offend anybody. But a lot, then, and then there's the corresponding pushback that, well, no, we should be able to say what we want to say and things like that. And to be honest, I'm, I'm kind of old. <laughs> Can't quite follow anymore who's right, who's wrong. Um, yeah, I don't want to sound like an old guy, but Things were really maybe a bit simpler back in the day. So I, I tried to steer clear of that whole woke, unwoke, awake, not awake kind of thing. Uh, but in this case, I think, you know, it, it is just people using a bit of info to their own agenda. Um, so, yeah, I hope the quality of the Witcher series continues. Good luck to Henry. Whatever series or whatever movie he goes to. I'm sure he'll still be building computers even though he doesn't have a lot of time anymore to play on it. And that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week, November 11, 
where we will have our usual rundown of news, both local and abroad, of all things of interest to the discerning tech aficionado. Have a good weekend, guys.